0: We're doing our best. So stick with us. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Uh, we will uh, upload the video to Rumble like we did Saturday night because we had some sort of broadcast snafu. And uh, Zane, hey, I'm using one of your posts tonight in the show. Stay tuned for that. Uh, you don't like chicken too? My heart is broken. No, I do like chicken. I eat a ton of chicken, although not lately. <laughs> For obvious reasons, because uh, part of the show tonight, where's the chicken? I am mana, and I learned how to say it in Cantonese, but it's like guy something le binto. I don't know. It's complicated, and I forget what it was. So I'm not going to even try. Anyway, yeah, where's the chicken? Uh, if you can't get chicken, there is the possibility that NASA has developed a way to make food from thin air. Serious from thin air, not kidding. And uh, let's see, The Last Payphone in New York. We'll have that for you coming up. And Hunting Witches on the show tonight. Yes, Hunting Witches. Ooh, doom, doom, doom. That and, of course, our, our book, which is, uh, we are reading The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. And uh, we'll have that also coming up for you. Tonight on the show. Yeah, I just checked over on Rumble, and I don't know what the hell's going on over there. Uh, They're doing their own thing. I've got all the settings right here. But for some reason, Rumble just wants to be a pain in the ass, so that's fine. We'll upload it later. Welcome also, and thank you to all those folks who uh, listen to our podcast. That is the audio-only part of our show. It's the same show, it's just the audio version. And we upload that shortly after we're done with our live show. And we clean it up a little bit, and then we upload it. And it's across wherever you get your podcast, Apple uh itunes you know uh spotify google podcasts most of them have been updated with the new logo for the jay sheldon show this one right here uh some are still slow to catch up i know google takes for freaking ever to update their system but it's there same show and uh new new brand uh there you go all right uh what it's oh yeah we heard from her already tonight so we'll hear from her again miko update Mickey, 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 go update. Nee, 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 nee. She's doing great. She's doing very, very well. Uh, she's still in the middle of her fake pregnancy. If you missed all the details of that, just go back a couple of shows and or you can go to my Facebook page. But uh, yeah, she's doing great. Uh, twice now, she's had this thing about eating her food. We feed her kibbles, which is available around the clock sort of, for her. And then we give her two wet food meals a day. And she is so spoiled. We made the mistake once, she wouldn't eat, so we hand-fed her. And now all she wants to be done is fed by hand. We've tried to break her of it. Today, I think she was just that hungry because I said, there's your food, eat it, and I'm not feeding you. And I went upstairs, I was doing some work on the laptop, on the computer, And I came down about uh, 20 minutes, half an hour later. The dish was empty. She ate the whole thing without my feeding her. And then tonight, same thing. I said, eat your food. She went at it. She ate the whole thing without me hand-feeding her. So that's the whole day she went today. I'm very, very proud of her. Ryan says, finally a show whereby people can wear pants. Oh, no, 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 no. You, you got the wrong idea. I am still not, okay? I, I don't want to say it because it's our old brand, but I'm, I'm still in my old outfit. I do, however, have on my uh, Shiba Inu shirt tonight. Uh, Life is better with the Shiba Inu. I I don't know if you can... There you go. There. (laughs) All right. Oh, man. People are always asking, what is the show about? I said it's about 45 minutes to an hour. But beyond that, it's about just about anything that happens to be on my mind. Stuff I find that's weird or that's funny or that freaks me out or that I can't figure out or whatever. Uh, Yeah. So our first story tonight is our headline on our thumbnail and that is where's the damn chicken uh it's a serious problem and not just in malaysia i don't know where you are i know in the u.s you've got food shortages in general there are food shortages going on obviously you have a huge baby formula problem over there but uh here in malaysia there is a chicken problem and trust me this country eats more chicken, then I think anything, you know, somebody ought to do a survey about that, how much chicken we eat. I should look that up because I would not be surprised to find out that our chicken to all other kinds of meat ratio, you know, beef, pork, whatever, is probably like a thousand to one. There is chicken everything. And if there isn't, they'll make it. Uh, It is insane the amount of chicken that we use, but this article has been appearing lately, and I can tell you that it's the truth, because if you go to even fast food outlets, McDonald's, KFC, Burger King, their chicken items are getting smaller and smaller and less and less, and in some cases, not available at all. Now, this is from the Malay Mail. The link is in our show notes tonight, of course. As always, the articles we give to you here, we don't read the whole articles. We encourage you to go check out the articles on their own web pages, and the links are down there in our description, which is also our show notes. The government is not in a panic mode as it's handling well the chicken shortage issue. That from Jamari Mokhtar. Uh, One wonders... Why, when there is a national issue like the current shortage of chickens, some opposition politicians are still having confrontational stances against whatever solutions the government has. According to the Statistics Department, Malaysia is growing more dependent on imported food products and is running a trade deficit in the area. The import dependency ratio, that's actually a thing. It's called the IDR. Um, The percentage a country's dependency on imported food products to meet domestic needs is on the rise. What's the problem with that? Well, the problem is your price is going to go through the roof. Higher IDR means more supply of food products to be imported. The IDR of a country as a whole rose to 13.7% in 2015. That is up from 7.4. That's almost double from 1987. Against that backdrop, indeed a blessing, Malaysia is considered self-sufficient in poultry meat, producing some 98.2% of its domestic needs. And like I said, with the amount of chicken we eat in this country, that has got to be a billion chickens. I mean, it is beyond me, the amount of chickens they must be raising. I I, I cannot imagine these massive chicken farms. Uh, The Achilles heel lies in that the poultry farming industry is highly reliant on imported chicken feed. You see, it's all one big connection. One part of that food chain breaks down. Food chain, pun intended. And it affects everything else. If we can't get the imported chicken feed, the chickens can't eat. We don't have enough chickens. Now we you see how the snowball thing starts up. Um the uh almost all the grain needed to make chicken feed is imported from the Americas in US dollars, and it is very vulnerable to currency fluctuations. Fertilizer needed to grow the grains also experience an increase in price, of course, with Russian sanctions, the Ukraine stupidity going on and all the other crap happening in the world. That idiot in the White House screwing everything up, including the economy, the price of petrol, fuel, gasoline, whatever you call it in your country. And, uh, you know, it drives everything else up. And even though we at the moment have enough chickens, it ain't going to last forever. And you can't expect to see the price go up. Federation of Livestock Farmers Association of Malaysia, that's actually a thing, said supply of animal feed was disrupted because of adverse weather conditions in supplier countries, uh, which the government there attributed to climate change. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, is hey, like the stream. Thank you very much. Good to uh, have you along for the ride. Hearty hi-ho and a round of Applause for you. Anyway, it all affects everything. And even, you know, I, I read somewhere that, uh, is it India that has shut off their exporting of, I believe it was wheat, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think it was rice. I think it was wheat. Because they need to save enough for their own and, you know, the population of India. Uh, so they've actually knocked off all exports of, I, I'm pretty sure it was wheat, which again, Affects everything else down the line. You need wheat to make bread and you import it. India is not available and they produce a ton. So it affects one country stopping imports or one country preventing a country from doing exports. And it makes a mess all over the place. It affects every single one of us. In fact, hang on, hang on, let me show you. I ordered... I went out to dinner tonight, and I needed something quick and tasty and just in a hurry. So I ordered a dish here we have that everyone knows. It's called nasi goreng kampong, which translated loosely means, like, the village fried rice, which is kind of a conglomeration. Nasi goreng kampong is fried rice with a bit of chicken in it, some vegetable, some simple, you know, greens— Uh, ikambelis, which is the dried uh, sardine-like fish. I know, but I love it. I'm so Malaysianized when it comes to that stuff. Um, So, yeah, you've usually got maybe a few vegetables, some corn or carrots or something in there, something like that. It's like just a mosh, just a a bunch of stuff all thrown in the pot and mixed together and fried up. It's a really hearty, good meal. Uh, And so I ordered it. We were at a Mamak stall. And This, take a look at this picture. If you're listening to the podcast, sorry, you have to check out the video on rumble.com. I know it's a bad picture. You can just barely see it. It's a horrible uh, portrait picture here. But you see that little piece of yellow in the middle there? Hang on, let me get my, uh, my mouse back. Here we go. You see that little piece of yellow right there? That is the total amount of chicken that was in my nasi goreng kampong. Yeah, exactly. That one little teeny... You see the fork for size? Yeah, there's a fork. There's the piece of chicken. That was it. And, and, I mean, you know... Again, chicken shortages. They affect everybody. Including my nasi goreng kampong. Damn it. So... (laughs) Oh, seriously, unbelievable. Uh, All right, what else we got going on? Uh, So if you want to read that whole article, there's some interesting information and statistics about chicken and how it could affect you and how it will affect you, and it already likely is affecting you, you can go to the link in our show notes from the Malay Mail and uh, check that out. Now, if we run out of food, segue coming. No problem because of our next story. NASA has an idea <laughs> that is to make food from thin air, and it's actually becoming a reality. Serious. This is from BigThink.com. I'm starting to love this website. Very cool. BigThink.com. That's all you need to know. The link to this specific article is in our show notes, our description down below. Uh, NASA's idea for making food from thin air just became a reality, and it could feed billions. This is the strangest stuff. The company's protein powder, Solian. Now, I know... Some of my movie fans, like Leon and Zane, are going to be noticing how close that is to Soylent. If, if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. But anyway, their protein powder, Solian is similar in form and taste to wheat flour. Based on a concept developed by NASA, the product has wide potential as a carbon-neutral source of protein. It's a man-made meat industry, and it just got more interesting. It's not like you can make food out of thin air. Well, it turns out you can. A company from Finland, Solar Foods, is planning to bring to market a new protein powder uh, called Solian S-O-L-E-I-N. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's made out of CO2, water, and electricity. This is the freakiest thing ever. Um, it's a high-protein flour-like ingredient. By the way, I'm American, so I say flour, F-L-O-U-R, you know, like wheat flour, corn flour. I know here in Malaysia for some weird reason, and it is the one word, uh, look, I now call elevators lifts. I'm used to the first floor not being the, really the first floor, all that weird stuff that we do in Malaysia. But one thing I cannot and will never change is pronouncing F-L-O-U-R flaw. Because that's for some weird reason. It doesn't even look like flaw. But people here call that word flaw. I would hear people say, oh, yeah, you have flaw? I'm like, flaw? What the hell is flaw? It's flower. I know F-L-O-W-E-R is a flower. And this F-L-O-U-R is also pronounced flour. It's not flaw. But for some reason, I think it's a British thing from old colonial days. What do you call it in the UK? Flaw? And if so, why? That doesn't even make sense. All right, back to the story. A uh, flour-like ingredient contains 50% protein content, 5 to 10% fat, 20 to 25% carbs reportedly looks and tastes exactly like wheat flour and could become an ingredient in a wide variety of food products after its initially launch after its initial launch or it's already been launched in 2021 it is likely to first appear on grocery shelves in protein shakes and yogurts and could be an exciting development uh, solian's manufacturing process is carbon neutral Potential for scalability seems unlimited. And uh, we got so much CO2 anyway, uh, if anything, so i get rid of some greenhouse gas with a side of fries. But uh, yeah, it's the strangest stuff. And I don't know if that's actually a picture of it or not, but it is flour that literally is made from thin air. Go read the article. It's. In our show notes tonight, it is from BigThink.com, and it's freaky. (laughs) Excuse me. I uh, Hang on. It's time for a little coffee break. I posted a shot on my Facebook page of a payphone here in Malaysia. And basically, the phone had been ripped out. There was a Tiger beer bottle stuck in it. And all kinds of along stickers, money lender stickers all over the place. It was just a great classic shot. It's on my Facebook page if you want to go see it. Uh, just go to Jay Sheldon on Facebook. You can Scroll down. All my posts are public. I don't care who reads them or comments, whatever. Feel free. Anyway, <laughs> it kind of is the state of things because I don't believe I've ever seen a working payphone here in Malaysia in the past five, ten years Maybe. There might be one or two still, one that hasn't been vandalized, but even if you found one, I'm going to doubt the thing even works. Well, the world of buzz, we love us some world of buzz here on the show. The link's in our show notes, as usual. They did a story uh, just yesterday, in fact. New York City has removed the city's last ever payphone the end of an era and there it is the last payphone in nyc was removed today from times square and there it is as the last one in the big apple gone forever technology advances many old gadgets slowly disappearing from sight like home telephones who has a home telephone anymore televisions even are disappearing radio players. Remember, uh, what was that? That that I wanted to say iPod. Was it called an iPod? Yeah, and like cassette players, things like that. They're all gone. You can't even get cassette players or cassettes anymore. Um, we do most things on our computers, our laptops, our hand phones. In Malaysia, most people have probably forgotten or don't know what a payphone is. I'm quite sure there are people that are 15, 20, 25 years old, who've never used a payphone. Uh, Back then, when making a call wasn't that convenient, we all didn't have one of these in our pocket and, you know, stuck on our face all day long, like some alien. Um, You used to be able to go up to a phone, pick it up, put money in, coins, and then dial. And you'd get so much time or so long of a long-distance call for how much money, or you could put more money in. Why am I, it sounds so stupid to be explaining this, but there are people who don't know what a payphone is. Uh, You'd just insert coins and you'd make a call. Uh, Recently, New York City officially said goodbye to the city's last ever payphone. In a TikTok video posted by the official Times Square New York City account, the last payphone in NYC removed on the 24th of May, 2020. Twenty-two. There is the uh, the TikTok video. Oh, look at this! This is actually them hauling it away. It's uh, all hooked up. Oh, look at that! For those of you, and they're putting it on a flatbed and taking it away. Ha <laughs> ha! That uh, got eleven point nine million views and two point three million likes. Many bidding farewell and being emotional about the end of the payphone era. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Growing up, that was what we had to communicate. If we needed to call home or call somebody other than our house phone, which, yes, you had to pick up and you had to dial a rotary dial when I was a kid. I remember my phone number from 60 years plus ago. It was area code 203, which is Connecticut in the U.S., 672-6017. Now, you can go ahead and dial it if you want. I'm not there. I haven't been there in decades. But I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but I can remember (laughs) my telephone number from when I was, like, old enough to reach up and pick up the phone, 672-6017. I'm not quite as old as when they had more than or less than seven digits. My mom remembers those days. But, uh... Yeah, I certainly do. They were always, they were seven-digit numbers. And weird, too, because when I got here to this country, uh, because all the phone numbers are a combination of three and four, that's how they're listed, 672-6017, 435-2896. Here, it's four digits in the beginning. So I had the toughest time trying to figure out phone numbers or even to remember them. Because, you know, you remember things in a melody, in a rhythm. Bum, 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 bum. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then here they throw one, two, three, four at me. And I'm like, no, save me. (laughs) Anyway, the last payphone in New York, gone. All right, speaking of gone bygone days that was a horrible segue but you know, do what you can um this is weird this is weird you got to read this whole article in our show notes tonight our description down below whether you're watching live on the video or the video replay on rumble or youtube or you're listening to the podcast all of those show links are down in our description from the vintage news.com take a look at this what do you suppose that is See some old boots, some sort of sticks, there's a hat there, all kinds of strange-looking things. I don't know what that is. Well, believe it or not, it's all a part of a witch-hunting kit. This is the strangest story. A witch-battling bundle was discovered during the renovation of a 16th-century house. A Welsh farmhouse revealed a supernatural secret From medieval times, home renovations got a little spooky when the couple Carrie Jackson and her husband Bleden spotted a witchcraft den through a freshly made hole in the wall. They were doing renovations, punched a hole through the wall, and inside is this witchcraft den. Concealed in a gap between the staircase was a bundle containing all kinds of goodies for tackling the bad guys, mainly witches and demons. Bottles of perfume, poisons, sat alongside animal skulls. Oh, that is what that is. Yeah, jawbone. Animal skulls, rusted gun parts. Some of the items dated back some 500 years. Man, old receipts, a group of left-handed shoes, which... Seems a bit odd, but that's what they were. Uh, some described as uh, outlets as a half-eaten hat, which is the one up there in the, in the corner of the picture you can see. Yeah, it looks like a half-eaten hat. Um, all seem to be vital in helping to trap evil forces seeking access to the house via the stairs. Now, I saved showing you this until I got through that part of the story because wait till you see this staircase. When you see this staircase, you're going to say, oh yeah, now I get why they were worried about demons. Take a look at this. That's the staircase they found this witch fighting packages under. If I saw a staircase like that, I would... Live on the first floor. I, I want nothing to do with that. Cassandra Gordon-Harris liked the stream. Hello there. Welcome. Hi, Cassandra. By the way, I love your artwork. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Thank you. And keep posting, please. It's amazing. If you, if you go over to Cassandra uh, Gordon-Harris' uh, Facebook page, check it out. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Anyway, if, if, like I said, if I saw this staircase, I would live on the first floor, and I would never need to go anywhere else. I'm not climbing up that stairs. But they found all this cool stuff. Uh, the area regarded as a between place, as a superstition, a detailed mention by Carrie Jackson. She's a lecturer reported by the Scottish Sun. And the stairway, uh, staircase was constructed over an old access door. As she said it was very eerie to peer into the darkness and make out all the objects inside. Uh, I think that, yeah, here you go. Here's an actual. When they found it, they actually took a picture of it before they touched anything. And there is the contents, the strange collection that was found under the stairs of all these left-handed boots and animal parts and things for gun parts, things for hunting witches. Is this weird or not? Anyway, there's more details in the article. I encourage you to check it out. The link is in our show notes. It's uh, it's very, very, very cool. Uh, Okay, Zane, I promised I was going to use one of your posts tonight, and indeed I am. It's a quickie, but it's weird. It's very cool. Thank you for posting this. According to NASA, an underwater volcano named Sharkano yeah, I know it sounds a lot like Sharknado, that stupid movie. But anyway, they they call it, they nicknamed it, Sharkcano. Anyway, this underwater volcano has erupted, and broken apart. And here's the weird part: living inside the volcano in near boiling water conditions, were these evolved sharks who had learned to live in this highly acidic, nearly boiling water, seawater, inside a volcano that was under the water. Well, because it's now shattered and cracked, these sharks, mutant sharks, have been set free into the ocean. Yeah, Keep that in mind when you're swimming in the sea. The sharks had been living and surviving within the volcano of burning hot acidic water. Sadly, I'm guessing when they're not in burning hot acidic wash uh, water because they've learned to live in it, they're probably not going to survive outside of that environment. They have adapted and learned to live in it. But they're out. They're wandering around out there these burning hot acid volcano sharks just might want to keep that in mind when you're heading out for your holiday beach vacations. Uh, yeah, <laughs> man. All right. I got one more story because we always, always have to insert a feel good story in our show. When we talk about whatever heavy stuff or not today, we were doing I am mana, uh, but this story caught my eye, and it's a classic. It's not much of a visual to go along with this. I'll just put up the picture so you can take a look at it. Um, back to work today, says Yasiru Lakshita. Forgot my pass, so locked the bike outside Cannon Street Station. This is a like an LRT station. Left work at 6 p.m. to find just the cut lock and no bike. Resigned to never seeing my trusty steed again. Asked the station if they had cameras. And a guy appeared, waving at me. He asked me to put the code into my cut lock. And he replied, I have your bike, with a smile. I'll never forget. His name is Abdul Munib, and he works for Southeastern Railways. He was on a break... And he saw a guy bolt cut the lock and challenged him to give it back. And then he took the bike inside, waited four hours after his shift was done for somebody to show up to claim the bike. He personally made sure I got my bike back. The world needs more Abduls. He is a legend of a man. And a credit to his employer. Yes. You see? You see? We got a lot of buttholes out there. But for everyone, there's a balance. There's a yin yang There's a guy like Abdul, who not only does the right thing, waits four hours after his shift was over just for somebody to show up looking for his bike. And this guy got his bike back. Wow. That is such an incredible story, very, very, very cool. All right, it's time to head on over to our book. Uh, we read classic books on this show. It's the last thing we do before we sign off for the night. And for the last few streams, we've been doing the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. We're doing it kind of a chapter, part of a chapter at a time because the chapters are are quite long. And we've been doing the Redheaded uh, League. Uh, story from Sherlock Holmes, so we're going to continue on with that tonight and hang on let me just get a couple of things straightened out here and then we'll be good to go alright, cool uh, yeah, it's the adventures of Sherlock Holmes and the Red Headed League, they were hiding in the cellar waiting for the bank to get hit I placed my revolver, cocked, upon the top of the wooden case behind which I crouched. Holmes shot the slide across the front of his lantern and left us in pitch darkness. Such an absolute darkness I have never before experienced. The smell of hot metal remained to assure us that the light was still there, ready to flash out at a moment's notice. To me, with my nerves worked up to a pinch of expectancy, there was something depressing and subduing in the sudden gloom, in the cold, dank air of the vault. "'They have but one retreat,' whispered Holmes. "'That is back through the house into Saxe Cogburg Square. "'I hope you've done what I asked you, Jones. "'I have an inspector and two officers waiting at the front door. "'Then we've stopped all the holes.' And now we must be silent and wait. What a time it seemed. From comparing notes afterwards, it was but an hour and a quarter. Yet it appeared to me that the night must have almost gone and the dawn be breaking above us. My limbs were weary and stiff, for as I feared, I changed my position, yet my nerves were worked up to the highest pitch of tension, and my hearing was so acute I could not only hear the gentle breathing of my companions, but I could distinguish the deeper, heavier in-breath of the bulky Jones from the thin, sighing note of the bank director. From my position I could look over the case in the direction of the floor. Suddenly my eyes caught a glint of a light. At first it was but a lurid spark upon the stone pavement. Then it lengthened out until it became a yellow line, And then, without any warning or sound, a gash seemed to open, and a hand appeared, a white, almost womanly hand, with its writhing fingers protruding out of the floor. Then, when it was withdrawn as suddenly as it appeared, and all was dark again save the single lurid spark which marked a chink between the stones. Its disappearance, however, was but momentary. With a rendering tearing sound, one of the broad white stones turned over on its side and left a square gaping hole through which streamed the light of a lantern. Over the edge there peeped a clean-cut boyish face, which looked keenly about it, and then, with a hand on either side of the aperture, drew itself shoulder-high and waist-high until one knee rested upon the edge. In another instant... He stood at the side of the hole and was hauling after him a companion, lithe and small like himself, with a pale face and a shock of very red hair. It's all clear, he whispered. Have you the chisel and the bags? Great Scott! Jump, Archie, jump! I'll swing for it! Sherlock Holmes had sprung out and seized the intruder by the collar, the other dived down the hole, and I heard the sound of rending cloth as Jones clutched at his skirts. The light flashed upon the barrel of a revolver, but Holmes' hunting crop came down on the man's wrist, and the pistol clinked upon the stone floor. "'It's no use, John Clay,' said Holmes blandly. "'You have no chance at all.' "'So I see,' the other answered with utmost coolness. "'I fancy my pal is all right.' though I see you've got his coattails. There are three men waiting for him at the door, said Holmes. Oh, indeed, you seem to have done the very thing very completely. I must compliment you. And I, you, Holmes answered. Your red-headed idea was very new and effective. You'll see your pals again presently, said Jones. He's quicker at climbing down holes than I am. Just hold out while I fix the derby's. I beg that you will not touch me with your filthy hands, remarked our prisoner, as the handcuffs clattered upon his wrists. You may not be aware that I have royal blood in my veins. Have the goodness, also, when you address me, to say, sir, and please. All right, said Jones, with a stare and a snigger. Well, would you please, sir... March upstairs, and we can get a cab to carry your highness to the police station. That's better, said John Clay serenely. He made a sweeping bow to the three of us and walked quietly off in the custody of the detective. Really, Mr. Holmes, said Mr. Merriweather, as we followed them from the cellar, I do not know how the bank can thank you or repay you there is no doubt that you have detected and defeated in the most complete manner one of the most determined attempts at bank robbery that has ever come within my experience. I've had one or two little scores of my own to settle with Mr. John Clay, said Holmes. I have been at some small expense over this matter, which I shall expect the bank to refund, but beyond that I'm amply repaid by having had an experience which is in many ways unique and by hearing the very remarkable narrative of the Red-Headed League. "'You see, Watson,' he explained in the early hours of the morning, as we sat over a glass of whiskey and soda in Baker Street, "'it was perfectly obvious from the first that the only possible object "'of this rather fantastic business of the advertisement of the League,' and the copying of the encyclopedia, must be to get this not-over-bright pawnbroker out of the way for a number of hours each day. It was a curious way of managing it, but really it would have been difficult to suggest a better. The method was no doubt suggested to Clay's ingenious mind by the color of the accomplice's hair. The four pounds a week was a lure which must draw him, and what was it to them who were paying for thousands— They put in the advertisement, one rogue company has the temporary office, the other rogue incites the man to apply for it, and together they manage to secure his absence every morning in the week. From the time I heard of the assistant having come for half wages, it was obvious to me he had some strong motive for securing the situation. But how could you have guessed what the motive was? Had there been a woman in the house, I should have suspected a mere vulgar intrigue. That, however, was out of the question. The man's business was a small one, and there was nothing in his house which could account for such elaborate preparations, such an expenditure as they were at. It must, then, be something out of the house. What could it be? I I thought of the assistant's fondness for photography and his trick of vanishing into the cellar. The cellar. There was the end of his tangled clue. Then I made inquiries as to his mysterious assistant and found that I had to deal with one of the coolest and most daring criminals in London. He was doing something in the cellar, something which took many hours a day for months on end. What could it be once more? I could think of nothing save that he was running a tunnel to some other building. So far I'd got when we went to visit the scene of action. I surprised you by beating upon the pavement with my stick. I was ascertaining whether the cellar stretched out in front or behind. It was not in front. Then I rang the bell, and as I hoped, the assistant answered it. We have some skirmishes, but we've never set eyes upon each other before. I hardly looked at his face. His knees were what I wished to see. You must yourself have remarked how worn, wrinkled, and stained they were. They spoke of those hours of burrowing. The only remaining point was, what were they burrowing for? I walked round the corner and saw that City and Suburban Bank butted on our friend's premises and felt that i had solved our problem. When you drove home after the concert, I called Scotland Yard. Upon the chairman of the bank directors, which the result you have seen. And how could you tell that they would make their attempt tonight, I asked. Well, when they closed their league offices, that there was a sign that they cared no longer about Mr. Jabez, Wilson's presence. In other words, they'd completed their tunnel. But it was essential that they should use it soon, as it might be discovered, or the bullion might be removed. Saturday would suit them better than any other day, as it would give them two days for their escape. For all these reasons... "'I expected them to come to-night.' "'Well, you reasoned it out beautifully,' I exclaimed, in unfeigned admiration. "'It is so long a chain, and yet every ring, link, rings true.' "'It saved me from ennui, he answered, yawning. "'Alas, I already feel it closing in upon me. "'My life is spent in one long effort to escape from the common places of existence.' These little problems help me to do so. Are you a benefactor of the race? said I. He shrugged his shoulders. Well, perhaps after all, it is of some little use, he remarked. Le homme sait rien, l'ouvrier sait tout, as Gustave Flaubert wrote to George Sands, and that's the case of the Red-Headed League. (laughs) Coming up on our show Wednesday night, we'll begin a new chapter and a new adventure of Sherlock Holmes, which is number three, The Case of Identity. Cool beats. All right. Thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following along. Please, if I can just make a single request, that would be to like and subscribe, whether you are on our podcast, our Facebook, YouTube uh, Rumble.com or Twitch, any one of those. It's all free. You just hit that little button down here in the corner somewhere, or maybe up there, that says follow or subscribe. And it doesn't cost you a dime. It really helps the show out a lot. Really do appreciate it. I'm Jay Sheldon, and that is the Jay Sheldon Show. I'll see you Wednesday. Good night, folks. <laughs> North.